3: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com
2: slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available
2: for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The, the, The winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Mochit.
0: Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. How's everybody doing? I know it sucks watching those two teams occupy the Death Star in preparation for the big game on Sunday, of course, which is the Super Bowl. I'm going to say Super Bowl. They can sue me. Anyway. Welcome back. We're here to talk Raiders. Scott and Mo Moten with you. By the way, if you don't already subscribe to the podcast, you're dead to me. No, I'm kidding. Just please subscribe to the podcast <laughs> wherever you get it. Uh, just just look for Silver and Black today. Doesn't matter where you get your audio. Check it out. Subscribe. Put on the auto download. That'll help us significantly. Also, it helps you because guess what? When we have a new show, you don't need to worry about it. It's just going to be pushed right to your device and we appreciate that. Also, for our YouTube audience or wherever you're watching us on video, we certainly appreciate you being with us. Hit the subscribe button. Also, the notifications bell, very, very important. You fail the test if you don't hit the notifications bell. So hit it, do that, and then also leave us a thumbs up there. Leave comments. The live chat is always lively. Lively live chat. Alliteration, Mo my college writing professor would be happy. So we'll, uh, we appreciate that. Mo Moten, he's my partner. He's my buddy. He is Midtown Mo. We haven't called him that in a bit. So we got to bring that out. But Midtown Mo's sort of, I think, I think that whole, he's got a shirt on. Absolutely. Uh, And of course the Midtown Mo Saturday morning cartoons on the way. Everything's working. The cereal, the candy bar, it's an avocado candy bar, but that's beside the point. So we're working through that. Anyway, Mo Moten, he is the senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report. If you don't read his work there, it's all through the NFL. You can learn a lot. So make sure you read Mo. Also, Mo hosts some Raiders live Bleacher Report lives. So you got to keep track of that. See, you got to put all this on your calendar. Anyway, if you go to the Bleacher Report app and sign up for it, you can get a notification there. So every time Mo's live there, guess what? You'll know. Mo's Bleacher Report live in it in Midtown. Stepping out of the limo. So do that. <laughs> also, follow him on x.com at moe moton, M O E M O T O N. And yes, he's single. I am at L V Gully, L V G U L L Y. And even though you won't ask, I am not single. That's okay. 27 years of marriage. I love it. Okay. And I love my wife. So there we go. Got through that stuff. Today's show, great. We're just stocked with stuff. We're going to do this first segment, kick off a little bit of news. In the second segment, great young reporter and expert in the area of quarterbacks, the the NFL draft. Chrissy Freud from the Sporting News will be with us. She's also Air Raid certified and has been uh, very good. We were going to bring her on to talk about Cliff Kingsbury. Mo, right? That's you and I on the same day, you're like, hey, we should do this. I was like, oh my gosh, I just contacted her. We were thinking on the same wavelength. Uh, but now we're gonna talk with Chrissy instead of the air raid offense. She's certified in the air raid offense and and Mike Leach was a mentor for her, but instead we're gonna switch to quarterbacks. We're gonna talk about it. she was at the senior bowl. So we're gonna talk about quarterbacks and the Raiders future at quarterbacks. And then in the third segment, we turn it over to you. We're gonna take your calls in the Raider Nation mailbag, as well as some emails. So we're looking forward to that. All right, Mo, official. Getze is the offensive coordinator. We know it's official because the Raiders said so. No one would believe it until they said so. Just kidding. But uh, the reporting ended up being accurate, and this time the candidate did not pull out, and Luke Getze is officially the guy. We also uh, saw that uh, Antonio Pierce, uh, with the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, Antonio Pierce is making the rounds, doing interviews for the first time as the full-time head coach, uh, a lot of what we've heard, especially the same kind of, I think, narrative we heard from him in the in the Sporting Tribune piece that he wrote, and um, he also talked a little bit about the quarterback situation, and we'll get into that here in a minute. But Antonio Pierce was asked about Cliff Kingsbury turning out in the whole Getze situation. He said, I don't talk about people unless they're Raiders. Okay, we got that. The reports were that uh, initially the Raiders would not give him a third year on the contract. That's now been contradicted by other reports that say, yes, they gave him the third year, but instead he just chose Washington. And guess what? Some dude named Magic Johnson had a little bit to do with that. Um, We're past that drama now, Mo. but Luke Getzey comes in. um, He's got to get a chance now. We'll see what he's able to do. But the reason we got Chrissy on today is what we talked about last last episode, which is they got to get a quarterback if anybody's going to be successful.
3: Right. The quarterback position is going to dictate how successful Luke Getzey is going to be. In my opinion. Now there are some coordinators who just aren't that very aren't very good no matter who their quarterback is. And there are some coordinators who are (laughs) pretty good no matter who their quarterback is. So maybe Luke Etsy is one of those. We'll see. But I I think that it obviously helps to have a quarterback who's on a fast track to being a franchise player, kind of like CJ Stroud. Not that the quarterback has to be as good as CJ Stroud, because I think he was he surprised a lot of people, although some people like us, Scott but yeah. he would be good he was still very impressive <laughs> in how he didn't turn the ball over a whole lot and led the houston texas to the playoffs i'm not saying the raiders quarterback has to be cj Str- cj stroud for oh. luke getsy to be successful but that quarterback has to be ready in my opinion from day one because if it's not a rookie quarterback it's aiden o'connell who in my opinion doesn't really fit where luke gets He's used to or accustomed to coaching or it could be a veteran quarterback that may cost you a lot or mm-hmm. isn't very mobile
0: well, and, and Mo, I think, too, the, one of the things that I've seen a lot of folks, and, and you and I interact with a lot of our viewers and readers uh, as well, and, and, and the one thing I see from a lot of people, besides the fact that they're very excited about Antonio Pierce and all that stuff and he's doing that 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 victory tour right now and it's great he's speaking right everything he's saying he's not talking a lot of football we're not gleaming anything from Antonio Pierce right now it's all rah-rah stuff for the fans which is great they're getting excited about it and I can I can appreciate that Um, but when we look at the situation with quarterback I hear a lot of them say well we got to move up we got to get up to one two or three you and I have talked about it numerous occasions that it's easier said than done those teams have to want to trade down we're hearing a lot of stuff Again, we called this lying season. We don't know if Chicago is willing to trade out. We just don't. We also heard in the last few days that New England is very interested in trading out of three. They don't want to trade down too far. So maybe they're in play at three for the Raiders, as well as Washington may be wanting to move up to number one. So does Washington give up a huge bounty to Chicago to just move up one spot? They may. They got Cliff Kingsbury, the Caleb Williams thing. I know that all sounds romantic. I, I I still don't see it happening. I just don't see the Bears doing it, but anything is possible. Then we hear, over the last few days, Jaden Daniels. We hear that from, from Albert Breer. This is not some wacko on the internet. Albert Breer, Sports Illustrated, very, very reliable insides, insider in the NFL, said that the Raiders really want to make a play to get to the top of the draft, and specifically Jaden Daniels. Antonio, look – You look at Antonio Pierce's coaching staff. You look at everybody who's been brought in around Antonio Pierce with the exception of Tom Telesco, and they all have relationships with Antonio Pierce. Jane Daniels is that kid. He obviously was a coach at Arizona State when that happens. His his mother helped Antonio Pierce with recruiting there with some violations. We'll get into that a different time. But nonetheless, they are very familiar with one another. So there seems to be at least this initial report that the Raiders might want that guy. Uh, and and so so we might see the Raiders give up a lot of capital, Mo, to move up as far as they can in this draft. We've talked about that before here.
3: So two things here. If you remember, Scott, after, I believe, after the Denver Broncos win, I believe Jaden Daniels was in the Raiders locker room. Yes, so he was. That, that tells you everything you need to know about <laughs> his connection with Antonio Pierce. So it was blatantly clear that, that the Raiders would be interested in him. But what did I also say about a week or two ago? I said, there's a very, very slim remote chance that the Raiders can get into the top three. But if the one team that I think it could happen with for the Raiders is the New England Patriots. Because as I said, it's it's not a guarantee that the Patriots who are third in the order are gonna want that third top tier quarterback. I know we all look at whoever is the leftover, I shouldn't say leftover, but the third quarterback available out of the top three we all think that Patriots should take that quarterback, right? Because that quarterback is head and shoulders above the second tier group of quarterbacks. But we don't know what Gerard Mayo and that staff is thinking. They may think we want Drake May, and if we can't get Drake May or Caleb Williams, we're not interested in Jaden Daniels. We'll trade down, we'll get Bo Nix or mm-hmm. or you know Michael Panks, J.J. McCarthy, someone else. So I, I think while it's a very slim chance the Raiders get into the top three, the one team I could see it happening— within a, in a blockbuster deal is New England Patriots because we don't know what their draft board looks like. And they may like Bo Nix more than Jane Daniels. That may seem blasphemous to a lot of people, <laughs> but it may be their
0: perspective. You, but Mo, you say it all the time on this show. You don't know, like you don't know. Everybody's got different tastes just because, look, I think it's universal. Caleb Williams is going number one. I've read three things this week talking about Caleb Williams is whether you agree or not. I have a lot of you armchair folks out there who tell me he's not very good. He is the LeBron James of the NFL draft. Remember when LeBron came? This is like you can't miss on the guy. You had Wembayama this year in the NBA, same thing. This is what the, the story and the narrative, and it's not just his his, his, his agent doing that. That is the, the belief. So to your point, if you're not going to get Caleb Williams, then you have guys there. And if you like somebody, you like somebody. Now, I would also say that the Patriots to me seem like a team because they have so many needs, Mo they seem like a team who might be looking more for a bridge quarterback or looking in the trade market. That could be a location for Justin Fields. If Justin Fields isn't a guy Las Vegas is interested in anymore because of the getsy thing, that might be a guy who could very easily find himself in new England. So I think, I think new England situation, I think you're right. I think the targeting of that number three spot is probably the best bet, even though I still think it's an outside shot.
3: Right. And even if New England wants to trade back, the Raiders are still going to have competition for that third spot because they're going to be several other teams that may be interested in Jaden Daniels as well. Correct. And they're going to want they're going to put in their offer to get up to the top three as well. So the Raiders are going to have to be aggressive with their offer. Because I know there are a lot of listeners out there who say, Don't give up the farm. No matter what, don't give up the farming because you'll cripple your future and, and <laughs> have all of these issues down the line. I say this: if you get the quarterback position right. It makes it a lot easier to fill oh, out the yeah. rest of your roster because now yes. that you feel like you have your quarterback of the future, now you're not you know, spending money on a quarterback of free agency. Now you're not adding an extra wide receiver or running back to help a quarterback that you think is lesser than the quarterback that you wanted. So yes. instead of instead of building around a quarterback that may be average or not your top choice, now you have confidence in that quarterback and you're not spending capital in other places.
0: Right. And, and again, uh, maybe we need to tattoo it on our foreheads the most valuable the most valuable position to be in in the NFL is to have a franchise quarterback on a rookie deal, right? That's how the Chiefs built. You've seen it around. That's how Houston's building right now. And so whatever the Raiders need to do, I'm a fan of them being very aggressive. I know that makes people nervous, but guess what? You got future compensation. We've talked all through that here on the show. And I just think you need to do that. I mean, Dan Orlovsky on ESPN said, look, the Raiders are right there, but they just need a quarterback. They have to get a quarterback. If they don't have a quarterback, I think, look, I've said the Raiders will be a playoff team next year. If they don't get a quarterback, I think they're where they're at this year. They're below 500 or right around that, that area, give or take a game, maybe even lose two more, win two more. Who knows? But but you got to get over that hump. Rookie head coach, new OC, new mood in the building. You've got to get excitement Around that quarterback position. It is a quarterback league. No, you don't build the offensive line first. Yes, you can do it at the same time. So we'll see, but we're going to talk quarterbacks as we end this first segment coming up after the break, Chrissy Freud from the sporting news is going to join us. She's going to talk to us about all these college quarterbacks. We'll also ask her about a couple of quarterbacks in the NFL. There's some guys out there I'm interested in who kind of just disappeared, but they're sitting on the bench and uh, might they get another chance In the NFL, we'll talk about that, including Stetson Bennett. Remember him from Georgia, Mo? Remember him? Mm -hmm. We're going to ask her about that. Uh, There's nobody better to talk about quarterbacks. She's fresh off the senior bowl, so we will talk to Chrissy Freud after the break here. You're with Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Welcome back. Silver and black today an Odyssey original podcast also heard on the bet in Las Vegas on the radio. So thank you to the Las Vegas audience for being with us. We're here to talk about the future of quarterback for the Raiders. Yes, their number one priority. And to do that, we bring in our good friend, Chrissy Freud from the sporting news. You can catch her work up there. You can also follow her on X.com at Chrissy. C R I -S S S Y underscore Freud. F R O Y D. Chrissy, thanks for being with us. Um, You know, no one we wanted to talk about. We we talked about the first segment, actually, that we originally reached out to you last week to talk about Cliff Kingsbury. And then, of course, Cliff goes to Washington. So no longer relevant for the Raiders to talk about Air Raid, which you are certified in. But we wanted to talk with you about quarterbacks and coming out of uh, the Senior Bowl. You had a lot of time down there to spend with these quarterbacks and and you you wrote a lot about and I know you have something coming out with with uh, Spencer Rattler but we wanted to start really at the top and talk about this quarterback class we've heard so much about it of course the top three guys uh, that that you keep hearing most about of course Caleb Williams Drake May and now Jaden Daniels Uh, but but there's there's other quarterbacks there and uh, Raider fans with their team picking 13th are looking at that and saying okay what's a realistic option if they don't move up If they do move up, who might they target? But let's start with this class overall. Give us the strength of this class and uh, how deep it goes for you when you think about first, second-round picks, quarterbacks who you feel could really make an impact at the NFL level.
4: Yeah, I'd say that it's about 10 deep. I think this is a pretty deep class. But the one thing we talked about the Senior Bowl is how this was one of the best classes of quarterbacks that the Senior Bowl has pulled, but the overall performance from all the quarterbacks there was not very good. Uh, So I think that's interesting, kind of something to consider, but um, outside of those top three guys you mentioned that are not participating in showcases, obviously they shouldn't be to avoid injury and stuff like that. Um, I know we're talking about Knicks, Penix, and Rattler, and I think that that's the good stuff. I think that um, Michael Pratt, some guys like that kind of stand off on the edges, guys that could be really good uh, moving forward that have maybe a high ceiling, but maybe also a very low floor. Um, But whenever I look at Bo Nix, I see someone who has proven he can be a solid game manager, which should not carry a negative connotation the way that it does, but someone who can perform well outside of that. And J.J. McCarthy falls under the same umbrella because people talk all the time about how all J.J. McCarthy does is check the ball down for five yards, yada, 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 But like the thing about quarterbacks like this that we classify as game managers. Here's one that I'm gonna tell you about. His name is Brock Purdy and he's competing in the Super Bowl this weekend. (laughs) There's a reason there's a reason for that. And I mean they ask quarterbacks to do certain things within the offense. And sometimes it simply comes down to what they're being asked to do and they're executing the way that they're being asked to execute and it's not a knock on them. I mean, we look at JJ McCarthy and he has a really good arm and he's got some solid mobility. If I put him in more of a freewheeling offense, I think I could see a lot more out of JJ McCarthy than I see at Michigan, but he should not be faulted for what he's doing in Michigan. Cause he's executing the offense the way. The Harbaugh was asking him to do. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with that to me. And then Spencer Rattler, um, One of the most horrible cases I've seen of everyone around him failing him. I mean, Spencer Rattler is playing like Spencer Rattler this season. Uh, For the first time that we've seen this in a long time, and I think that he did a really good job. Um, Pass protection was awful. Supporting cast was subpar, but other than that, if you look at Spencer Rattler's individual performance, very good, there's a reason why he took home senior bowl MVP.
3: Right, Christy, and we're gonna talk more about Spencer Rattler, because I've been trying to warm up Raider fans to the idea of maybe they draft Spencer Rattler. in the draft coming up. But I wanted to hear about Bo Nix and Michael Penix because a lot of Raider fans have been focused on those two because I feel like those were the realistic options for the Raiders if they stood pat at 13 and move back. Whatever the case may be, we'll see what the medicals look like for Michael Penix. But what did you see out of Bo Nix and Michael Penix down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama?
4: Yeah, I thought their stock kind of remained the same. I'm someone who's very high on Bo Nix, uh, kind of middle of the pack on Michael Penix Jr. Um, I thought a lot of the quarterbacks in the senior bowl this year were inconsistent. Every single one of them were inconsistent. I I can't think of a singular day outside of like maybe Rattler that someone really just stood out and stole the show. It was kind of an interesting thing, like I said, like given the strength of the class, um, just how underwhelming the performances were. But I think that Bo Nix, like based on the tape I've seen, based on talking to him, like he's a guy that can execute the offense Officially, he can function in that game manager role, but I also think that there's kind of some more stuff that he can do. And then Michael Penix Jr. Um, obviously has all the traits that you would want from a quarterback. Lacks consistency at times. I thought that he failed on the big stage. To be honest with you, some of that has to do with injury. And that, that's the thing, too. Is like with the, when I think about Michael Penix Jr., it's how consistently can he stay healthy? Um, he's not really he's not really done that. He did it for the majority of the year at Washington this year, but he's not done that before. Um, and so you kind of wonder with guides like that, like, is this going to be a flash in the pan or is this someone who's consistently going to be very good? And I mean, he was badly injured um, for the better part of his career and then also very mechanically unsound for the better part of his career. He's worked on that. He's talked about that some. And I think he's gotten better. Um, but but overall, I think we're going to see some strings start to kind of fall apart, Michael Penix Jr. as he makes the adjustment to the next level.
0: So, Chrissy, when we talk about going, you talked about Bo Nix and, and sort of uh, how you've, you felt you, that he did really well down there and that you've got, gotten higher on him, you know, and you look at what his strengths are and some of the weakness. What do you think w- when people talk about Bo Nix as a pro prospect, what's sort of the, the, the narrative that maybe isn't fair to him uh, when you look at what he was able to do at Oregon and what he's been able to do uh, going into the senior bowl last week?
4: Yeah, it's a whole game manager thing, the whole check down thing and people like I said, I don't understand why it carries such a negative connotation. Jack Cohen obviously didn't succeed the way that we thought that he might. But he and I had a conversation about this and we were just talking about like, why do people pen game managers in a negative light at the end of the day to me? the base, the very basis of a quarterback who's going to be very good, the very floor of a quarterback who's going to perform very well should be game manager. You should have that foundation there. And this is what's wrong with quarterbacks, in the NFL and what's wrong with the quarterback issue that we have now. And my teams are constantly looking for quarterbacks is because they're looking at all these guys have all these flashy traits. Whenever I'm leading a team, arm strength's not going to get it done for me. Mobility's not going to get it done for me. All that, all those flashing lights, they might be able to do that, but if they cannot first manage the game, first and foremost, just manage the game. Just check it down and do that. You don't have a true quarterback who's going to consistently be um, successful for you. So I think Bo Nix has done a good job laying the foundation for that. I think we saw the very beginnings of this at Auburn. Um, I mean, that last game he got injured at Auburn, I thought he did a really good job and then he transitioned and carried it over and kept the energy moving at Oregon. It clearly worked out for him very well, but yeah, I mean, Bo Nix and I talked about this and Um, I asked him, I I love one of my favorite things asking quarterbacks about is a negative narrative that surrounds them. There's always one for every guy, it seems like. (laughs) Um, And he said, it's because I have a 78% completion rate and they've got to say something about it. And I think that's what it comes down to. Whenever a quarterback has an astronomical completion rate and is having success, someone's always got to say something about it. And so I think that that's, it's, I mean, in the Oregon offense, I asked him to check it down a lot and he fulfilled his mission.
3: It's, it's funny you mention that, Christy, because I talked about his completion rate in a positive way, as well as J.J. McCarthy and how their completion rate increased over time when they were on the collegiate level. So I see it as a positive. But of course, during the draft process, you got to nitpick everything. I get it. But one thing I think is unfair, and you can stop me and disagree with me on this if you want. I, I think people look at Bo Nix and even Spencer and they look at them early in their career and they say, well they weren't good early in their career. How do we know they're going to be that good when they get to the NFL level? And I think people hang on to old narratives and they don't just get over what happened two, three years ago and look at the progression because, you know, you're not a finished product. Even when you get to the NFL, you're still growing, you know, years into your NFL career. So these, these collegiate players are growing as they go through their careers on the college level. So just talk about Spencer Rattler and the vibe you got from him, what he said about his transition from, Oklahoma to South Carolina, because we we know how you feel about Bo Nix already. What about Spencer Rattler? I know you have a lot of content coming out on him, and you know, I know you, have, you spoke to him. What did he say about his transition? What do you think about his draft prospects?
4: Yeah, I think that Spencer Rattler is emerging as a prospect that we once thought he was going to be. I don't think that he had an adequate... I would love to have seen Spencer Rattler if he had the adequate team around him at South Carolina, because I think it would have looked a lot like the guy... We were talking about it at Oklahoma, and I asked him about that. I mean, that's one thing that keeps Spencer Rattler going is he's still the same guy. To Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler is still the same guy. Um, because I that's, like I said, we, we circled back on that because I said, you know, obviously, like, you were – this is a big thing to go through. Like, you're such a hyped prospect. You're not just a hyped prospect. You're supposed to be the number one overall pick in the draft. Like, this should not be understated how big of a transition that is to go through. And I said, was there a moment that you ever sat down and wondered, is me, Spencer Rattler, is Spencer Rattler ever going to be Spencer Rattler again? And he said, I'm still the same guy. The whole time I kept in my mind that I'm still the same guy, that I'm always going to be the same guy. So to Spencer, to Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler is still Spencer Rattler. And I think that's what um, kept him motivated throughout this process. But um, yeah, I I thought that he dominated the senior bowl. I didn't think that another quarterback came close to him. Um, and it, it was in a way that we didn't quite expect, because I'm sure a lot of people expected um, Michael Penix Jr. or Bo Nix to steal the show, which is kind of what I went into it thinking, too. Um, but it's it's interesting, too, when we think about the offenses that they came from. Um, Spencer Rattler came from an offense with air raid concepts um, over the course of his time at Oklahoma. And then he went over to more of a pro style system in South Carolina. And it's really interesting because there's some quarterbacks that you would think in the air raid, since it's so simple, that quarterbacks would do a lot better in the air raid um, regardless. But there's some guys that are simply better pro style quarterbacks. So I think it helped him to go to an offense that was uh, just a little bit different than when it came from Oklahoma.
0: Let's, lastly, let's talk about uh, uh, JJ McCarthy. You talked about, I think, it, which, which was a great point you made at the top, which is, people will criticize J.J. McCarthy. You see a lot of folks who maybe don't watch a ton of football. I don't expect people to watch as much football as as those of us who who follow it constantly for a living. But J.J. McCarthy did what Jim Harbaugh asked him to do in that offense. So people get caught up in stats. They get caught up in touchdown passes, all the big numbers that you see. But when you look at his body of work and, more importantly, Chrissy, his skill set, what do you see there that you feel transitions best and the type of offense that he would best fit in the NFL.
4: I think JJ McCarthy projects best into more of a pro style system, but I think he brings all the traits that you would want. Cause I think that whenever we think about JJ McCarthy, we should think about the things that he brings to the table on top of what he's done. And this is a guy that I think could be, I don't want to say sneaky good cause people know how good JJ McCarthy is. But the thing about it that I like, I think about is like, Yes, like JJ McCarthy gets pinned as a game manager that keeps coming up in conversation all the time. But when I think of JJ McCarthy, I think of the howitzer arm strength and I think about the mobility um, and what he brings to the table and how he can hurt teams unexpectedly with his legs. And I mean, so you've got to me, you've got the whole the whole thing, like everything you could possibly wish for from a quarterback. So I think it's gonna be interesting to watch how he transitions. But um it's, it's funny because, I mean, we talked about him as a Heisman candidate. We talked about him a lot, and it seems like no one's really talking about him that much anymore. And I think that we're going to be talking about him a lot more moving forward in the NFL.
0: A couple couple last questions. One is, who in that top 10 do you feel on draft day uh, might move up that's not expected to?
5: Hmm.
4: I would say maybe Spencer Rattler. I've heard a lot throughout the season about Spencer Rattler, um, the NFL being higher on him than a lot of the are. So I would expect him to continue to move up, and then especially after winning the Super Bowl, uh, not Super Bowl, uh, Senior Bowl honors, um, the the MVP, and then performing well and outperforming everyone, including names that were considered a lot bigger than him this year in Mobile, um, I think that he's a very big riser.
3: So simple question, but I'll put you on the spot a bit. Where does Bo (laughs) Nix go? Where does JJ McCarthy go? Where does Spencer Rattler go in the draft?
4: Let's see. Everyone, every one of those quarterbacks should go in the first round. I'm not saying that they will, there's going to be one that falls probably to the, the early second round. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say that as far as the quarterback needy teams go, which we have a lot of them in the NFL these days, I, I expect those guys to all go in the first round.
0: There you go. All right, right Chrissy. Also on, behind you on your wall, is a picture of Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett, of course, on the Rams, was put on the, I believe, non-injury reserve list last year. What's, what's going on with him? Where do you see him ending up? Uh, and 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 does he have a lot of people liked him? A lot of people didn't like him coming out. I thought the Rams were smart to grab him. They need to look at the future quarterback there. They're now rumored to maybe draft another quarterback even as early as this uh, first or second round this year. What's going on with Stetson Bennett?
4: Yeah, I've heard that and Bennett's doing well and that he's um, kind of back, back out in the world, which is a good thing. I'm not going to comment too much on some of the things that I that I know that have gone on. Um, but, I mean, I think that it's if and Bennett doesn't get back out there and, and play and have a shot, it's kind of a shame. Because, I mean, I view him, everyone knows how much I love Brock Purdy and I love and Bennett just as much as I love Brock Purdy because I think that they're so... Um, just similar in terms of quarterbacks that were underrated that bring a lot to the table. I mean, this guy led Georgia to two national championships back-to-back, and I think he could have a similar effect in the NFL as Brock Purdy does. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch kind of what the Rams choose to do, but I think that we all, people like me, we really hope that Stetson's going to be able to come back and make an impact. And I think that if if anything else is a quarterback who definitely projects as someone who can be a super reliable backup for several years to come.
0: All right. there you go and and Chrissy by the way I want to give you the credit because if you, people can go back because you got receipts going all the way back I you, did. Call, you call you called Brock Purdy
4: yes I did no you. one there's no one else there's no one else that i found me and Chris Hassel who used to be on sports who's now with CBS he told me he was like you are the only person I've ever found that said that Brock Purdy was going to be Brock Purdy and when it comes down to it's <laughs> That's why I pride myself so much in mechanical evaluation. Um, quarterback accuracy stems from lower body mechanics, and I I still say, like, Brock Purdy, like, no one talked about Brock Purdy that much, but he had some of the best lower body mechanics I've ever seen. And that's, like I said, d- accuracy is directly derived from that, and that's how I knew that he was going to be this good. So, um, obviously, really love to see it for him, but, um, yeah. And then, <laughs> once again, that's the the narrative we go back to, the whole game manager thing. He can yeah. do all the fundamentals.
0: Yeah and is he is he going to win is he going to top Patrick Mahomes on Sunday what's your what's your what's your prediction
4: I think so oh, I already tweeted that he was gonna win the Super Bowl on Sunday. <laughs> so if he doesn't if he doesn't I'm sure I'll have uh, the whole Chiefs fan base and even worse the entire Taylor Swift fan base in my mentions but um <laughs> they're all they're all going to be waiting though that's that's the thing too is I never feel bad about making bold statements on Twitter because those people are all they're they're all too scared to say anything in the moment so they yeah. probably have like bookmarked or like screenshotted or something and they're waiting to say something but it never really gets to me whenever they do because they they sat on it cause they were too scared to say anything in the first place when I first said it. So,
0: yeah. Well, Chrissy, we, we uh, go ahead, Mo. You had something?
3: I, no, she, she says exactly what I usually say. People could come at me for being wrong, but you were too scared <laughs> to put your opinion out there. So what's exactly. you know, you're, you're no better than me at the end of the day. So.
0: Exactly. Well, when it comes to covering this stuff, and if you want to learn about quarterbacks, right, we, we've obviously Raider fans, Chrissy, they're, they're, they're chomping at the bit to find out who their next quarterback is and they make lots of assumptions. They re- re- read lots of stuff. But but if you check out Chrissy, make sure you follow her on X at Chrissy underscore Freud. You will learn something. So we appreciate <laughs> it. And we'll, we'll have you on as we get closer to the draft as well, Chrissy. Thanks for being with us today.
4: Absolutely. Thank you so much.
0: All right. There you, you go. You. Good stuff. All right. We're going to step aside for our final break. When we come back. We're going to get to your mail. That's right, voice. And we got some funny ones coming in today here on Silver and Black Today. And Odyssey Original Podcast, coming right back at you. Don't go anywhere.
2: Raider Nation is never shy. You ask, we answer. It's time for the Raider Nation Mailbag. What's on your mind, fam? Drop us an email at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Now, it's your time to speak up.
0: All right. Welcome back. The Silver and Black Today Mailbox, one of our favorite times of the week. I'm always interested to hear from people, Mo. Heard from some people last, not for air, but I heard from several people and talking about, hey, I'm so happy with what's happening with the Raiders. And then I heard from people who said, Oh, this sucks. We missed out on this. We missed out on that. And then I heard people that said we're being too negative on the show. Then I heard people that said we're being too easy on Mark Davis for not hiring the right people. So we love it, though. Look, I'm not passing judgment. I might agree with you or disagree with you, but I love that you guys talk to us. And and so that's what this is all about. Scott, I have a new stance. Oh, a new stance. I yes. Not a
3: new stance. I've always kind of done this. And I try to stick to this. Of course, I'm not always perfect, but I try to stick to this, this uh, perspective. I'm not here to tell anyone what to think. Mm -hmm. I'll present the facts. I'll present the data. I'll present my opinions based in facts and data and research. And I'll let you make up your opinion about what I said.
0: Right. That's fair. And that's, that's it, right? Like, cause I, I always tell people too, cause I'll get, I'll get some folks of course, that are snapper heads, and they just they just want to berate you for your opinion, which is, it's their right to do that. I don't have to, it's my right not to have to pay attention to it, but I do think that you share an opinion and even back it up with data, and sometimes people still don't like it, and that's fine too, but I think you walk away. I always go into conversations, somebody who disagrees with me, if somebody says, oh, JJ McCarthy sucks, if they draft him, I'm out, okay. So then why give me the reasons why, well, he can't throw. That's not a reason. That's like an opinion that's based on <laughs> what, so I, you know, when I'm wrong and we get challenged here on the show, cause occasionally you and I will make a statement or say something and it's, it's wrong factually or whatever. And that's cool. And, and I, I love that our audience points it out. Um, but, but yes, I like your stance. I think it's like, look, I'm going to give you the opinion. Don't have to agree. Don't have to agree. And a lot of you don't agree a lot of the times. And that's cool. But that's what we love. This environment, the listeners, the viewers here on the show, we love it because we can disagree with one another and then carry on, right? So that's good. We don't get upset. We don't get emotional. We just kind of move on.
3: You, you know what the fun thing is? And I know <laughs> Stoic Raider is probably listening or watching this. Shout out to the Stoic Raider. He's, He's good. very man. good, very good follow on the X. Yes. Uh, comes into my Bleach Report lives. Is very active in there. He's on the Spencer Rattler to Las Vegas bandwagon. He is. He's, he's been trying to push that. And I think Chrissy Freud, who was on, just on with us, feeds into that. So, Stoic, mm-hmm. if you're listening, I'm sure you like that segment with Chrissy Freud pushing the Spencer Rattler to Raiders. Spencer to LV would be the hashtag, I guess. There's no ring to it. But <laughs> a lot of people have said something about Rattler, the name, the snake. You know, it kind of fits with the Raiders. Well.
0: Six degrees of separate, you know, the six degrees mm. game. Yeah. So Spencer is a TV show. There was a TV TV show called Spencer for Hire. You might be too young to remember it. Yeah, I probably am. Spencer for Hire, the, the lead character in that um, was an actor who played Dan Tana, which if you see my license plate back here, that's what this is a reference to, the old show from the 70s called Vegas. And so that's the Spencer relation to Vegas. I'm just just throwing that out there because if I can get a cultural reference in, I will. But that's the thing, too, I will say. Like, you know, there are lots of experts out there. And Chrissy, you know, focuses on quarterback. Chrissy was, again, her mentor was Mike Leach, the late, great Mike Leach. And if you didn't read her stuff or see her stuff on uh, when he passed, you should go check it out. But, but Chrissy focuses on quarterbacks. And I think that's what you have to do as a fan. You don't have to take her word for it. I'm not saying that you just take it because she's got this great background, which she's an expert in it, but do your research, find out what matters. There's so many free things out there, Mo. The QB school, of course, is a great one. I love watching him break down films. If you just go watch that stuff, you'll learn so much about quarterbacks so that as a fan, if you just want to know more, so you say, okay, by the time the draft comes around in April, what's the quarterback the Raiders should go get? Well, you know what? I watched film. I watched breakdown of all those guys. And based on all of those sources, I think this is the best guy. I just think it doesn't matter if you're talking about politics, sports, uh cooking. There's so much free information out there. So educate yourself as much as you want to, and then you can have a great discussion around it. I know we like to do that. So, all right. So we're going to get to the listeners' responses now. We got some written emails that we'll get to. Our, our good buddy Gary Harkin Reader, of course, <laughs> is on there and we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, and but we have some emails. We're going to start with our good friend Jacob in Fresno. And if you know anything about Jacob, by the way, some people texted me, messaged me, Mo. I want to give a shout out too, to a couple of listeners, Kobe Gellis. Um, who I've had a great conversation back and forth with about all the Raider moves uh, moves on DM on X.com, as well as Hayden Adolny down in Australia, who's been great, and our good friend Soren uh, as well for giving us some feedback on the show. So thank you guys for that. Uh, but Jacob, Jacob Jacob has uh, some of the most entertaining calls. And I will tell you, I try, I usually try not to listen to the calls before we do the show, but I know Jacob always has wild stuff. And I don't mean wild in a bad way. So I listened to this one, and this is an epic call because he does an impression that I think is really, really good. So here's Jacob from Fresno uh, as our first call on the Raider Nation mailbag today.
1: Scott, gally, 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 gally Branson, And mini, 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 <laughs> It's Jacob from Fresno. <laughs> Sorry, I have a sore throat this week. Listen up. You know, I hear all the time, though I've never seen one, I hear all the time about these unique free team trades, and I wanted to run a little possibility by you guys. Let me know how viable or how much potential this kind of thing would have. So say draft day, the day before draft day, Adam Schefter comes on and he says, according to my sources, the Las Vegas Raiders have traded up with the Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears in a three-team trade where the Chicago Bears move down to 13, the Commanders move up to number one, and the Raiders take number two. Chicago brings in the Raiders 13, the Raiders second, the Raiders fourth, in the Washington Commanders' fourth, do you think that's possible? Do you think that the the Commanders with Cliff Dingleberry or sorry Cliff <laughs> Kingsbury goes up and gets their guy Caleb Williams? We all know that that's what they want. They get a guy like Kingsbury, and we go to number two. We get a guy like Jaden Daniels. And the Bears take our 13, and they take a slew of other picks. You think that's possible? I think AP really likes Jaden Daniels. He was in the locker room and everything for our last game. I mean, for his Heisman, you mentioned AP. I think there's a relationship there, and I think that there's a future. What do you guys think? Let me know. Raiders.
3: Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. (laughs) You know what? You know what I think is possible? What's that? Jacob impersonating Adam Schefter. doing a report i I believe jacob has it in him where he could pull that off on espn
0: he he was good if he works a little more like it was really good jacob yeah your schefter was really good but i would work on it a little more because i know you can perfect it i know you can't like it is so close the first i stopped the recording laughing the first time i heard it because it was (laughs) so good but get what about his trade? So we'll forget the, the impression for now. We'll get back to that. But what about his trade scenario? Three-way trade. The Raiders give the Bears 13. The Commanders go to number one. The Raiders get number two. I see one big problem with this. I just don't think the Bears, the Bears have a lot of needs. I think they also would like Marvin Harrison Jr. So I don't know that they would move that far down. But what do you think, Mo, of a three-teamer there?
3: I thought you was going to say what I was going to say. The big I, We can all dream, right? Because their reports are the, the one big issue with that trade idea is I don't think the Bears are going to pass on a court a top three quarterback. I believe they're going to I believe they're going to trade Justin Fields and, and grab I one of too. those top three guys. So I in too. order for that trade to be possible, the Bears will have to say we're good with Justin Fields or we're good with one of the second, third tier quarterbacks in this year's draft class. And I just don't see that happening.
0: Right. But I, I could see them, Mo and Jacob. I could see them moving down a spot. If Washington wants to trade the farm for Caleb Williams Yeah, I could. and they like Drake May or Jaden Daniels for that, for that matter, dude, move down one spot. I still get the quarterback I want and I'm getting a whole crap load of capital from you. Absolutely.
3: The problem Scott is there's nothing in it for the Raiders in that deal. Nothing. <laughs> so I know, I know that's a great idea for the Washington commanders fans, but Raider fans are thinking, well, what about us? What do we get out of that?
0: You know what it is? It's what you said earlier in the show. I think. I think if let's say that happens, so we're so we're living in La La Land. We're having fun. <laughs> Commanders move up to one, so Cliff gets his quarterback. Bears go right. two. They take Drake May, I think, yep. and then the, the 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 Raiders go from thirteen to three, and they get Jaden Daniels. I that to me would be if there was a bunch of trades at the top of that would be the most realistic scenario. You agree?
3: Yeah, I agree. And as you alluded to, that's what I pointed out early in the show is that what if the Patriots don't want Jaden Daniels? What if right. they what if they're just not high on J Jay- for whatever reason? He's too slim, this this that, you know, the every team has their reason for not ranking a quarterback high mm-hmm. on their board. So, the Raiders would have to hope that the Patriots don't like Jaden Daniels because that's their only hope of getting up and getting him or getting up into the top 3 period is if they're saying, "Well, we like Bo Nix more than Yeah. Jaden Daniels, and we prefer Bo Nix or whoever J.J. McCarthy.
0: And I think the Patriots are a wild card too, Mo, because Belichick's not there anymore. We can't go so we off the history know. of yeah, what they don't. used to do. Mm-hmm. But I could see them also. I could see the Patriots. Like I said, if, if the Bears take a quarterback, which I think is a 90% chance, I just do and they trade Justin Fields, that could be a spot for Justin Fields. That could be a spot for Russell Wilson. They might go the veteran route as they build the team around him because they have so many needs, including offensive line. They have some good defensive pieces, but they're also um, aging there in some spots. So so I could see them going the veteran route and saying, you know, we're just not ready to bring in a rookie quarterback um, unless they really love somebody, right? Unless they think like, oh gosh, this is the guy. Jaden Daniels is the guy for the next 15 years. Okay, great, then you go get him. But I think that's more scenario. Uh, Jacob, dude, as always, thank you. And please continue. I think we might have Jacob live on the show as Adam Schefter. Full disclosure that he is the fake Adam Schefter. He's the fake Adam Schefter. But that was good, man. Breaking news. That was really good. Breaking news, Jacob. Breaking news. We'll have him do a breaking news about Mo Moten, Midtown Mo, signing a big deal for his variety shows, TV show. (laughs) All right. We're going to get on to our next call. This is Mike from California. I do want to mention... Mike from California. We also had a call from Michael in the Bay Area. So Michael, if you're listening, your call cut out after like, it was like a cell dead thing. So you made a sentence and then it was just silence for like a minute and a half. So I would have loved to have your call on Michael in the Bay Area. So call back, leave another message, make sure you're in a good cell area. I lived in California. I know how that goes. All right. Here's Mike in California. Hey, it's,
5: it's Mike in California, Bay Area native, longtime Raiders fan. And I got a quick question. Um, I just want to, what's you guys' opinion on, you know, of all the hirings we could have or had and of all the offensive minded uh, coaches we could have had. Um, just your thoughts on Luke Getzky and just the overall process. I wanted to know what you think because, you know, the whole time Mark Davis, um, and, you know, was pressing on, you know, it was going to be a slow process and we we're going to take our time to find the right people. And even AP was saying we we're going to hire somebody at least 24 points per game. And, you know, it's been one thing said, but something else actually has happened. So just want to know what you guys think about that and just the, any comments you think as well. Thank you.
0: There you go, Mike, in California, Bay Area native, and and Mike, why are you so negative? No, I'm just kidding. That's not uh-huh. a negative uh-huh. call. He's a, he's asking real questions yep. in a very respectful way. Mo, I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you respond to Mike on the coaching hires, and then maybe the overall process.
3: So I took some notes of what Mike said, and the first thing that stood out to me, he talked about the hiring process, and I think fans were some fans were thrown in for a loop when. AP was hired after only, I believe, Leslie Frazier and Chris Richard were <laughs> interviewed for the head coaching job. Mm-hmm. And we thought there was going to be a more extensive head coaching search. You know, it it, it was two coaches who hadn't coached this past season in AP, basically. Now, Vic Tafer said that the Raiders had were in contact with Jim Harbaugh's agent, but I get the feeling that Jim Harbaugh just wasn't really as interested in the Raiders' job as he was the Chargers' job. That's just my opinion, my feeling of it. But the the head coaching search kind of surprised me because it it to me it tells me that the Raiders had made up their mind about AP before they went into the process because if they didn't I I would think they would have had a more had more variety of candidates in to talk to about the position but they didn't they hired AP you and I have both said if they hire AP solid hire based on what he's did what he's done as an interim right the other thing I want to point out that that Mike touched on was. AP talking about wanting to score. Well, he joked about this, but scoring 20, 40 24 points, points. At, min- at minimum yeah. at his introductory press conference. Mm-hmm. He also mentioned the vertical passing game. And this is my hangup about AP's philosophy and Luke Getze. Yes, Luke Getze has, has had offenses known for running the football with quarterback help. Let's not forget <laughs> Justin Fields. it was, was accounted for a lot of those rushing yards that the Bears had, not to say the running backs weren't, you know, Part of the running game plan but a lot of that was justin fields okay ap likes to run the ball but he made a point in his press conference that he just doesn't want to run the ball he wants to go back to the raider fabric and that's the vertical passing game well that luke Getsy's not known for the vertical passing game so that that was my one question that i haven't wrote about or spoke about with the luke Getsy hire he with ap wanting to go vertical if you look at luke getzi's history even as a passing game coordinator wasn't a high. Wasn't an offense that went down the field in the vertical pass game a whole lot. Mm-hmm. It was a. It, it, if you look at his last two Chicago years, it's a lot of short passes. You know, it's a lot of uh, yards after the catch. I wrote about this on Sports Night with my last piece: the pros and cons of hiring Luke mm-hmm. Uh He used DJ Moore very well because DJ Moore is, is a running back with some speed. Uh, got the ball into DJ Moore's hands in space, allowed him to rack up yards after the catch. Yep. but there wasn't a lot of vertical passing game and I think there were times where uh DJ Moore wanted to go downfield a lot more and that wasn't part of the Bears passing game plan. So I'm wondering is Luke Lugazzi going to build the pass off the run and start using the vertical passing game right. or is that or is it just something that AP said during the presser and we're not going to get that at Igazzi's offense?
0: Correct. And I think, you know, uh, listen, I I don't have any doubt that that Antonio Pierce can be successful if everything goes the way he wants it to. And if they build their team and they get their quarterback, I will say this. I will say, you know, people were getting excited about. And again, from a fan perspective, I totally get it. We have not heard much from Antonio Pierce about and I'm not saying he should. But we have not heard much about the football philosophy, how things are going to go, how they're going to build this team. We'll hear that in the months coming as we see how they start putting the roster together with Tom Telesco. So a lot of what we're hearing basically is bumper stickers, folks. It's bumper stickers. So when he talked about a vertical passing game, 24 points, joking, yes. The vertical passing game, what does that do? That gets fans excited. What I would tell you, though, is, again, vertical passing game is... The past, it happens now, but it's mixed in. We just talked about quarterbacks for a whole segment, okay? So the dink and dunk, people use that as a negative. The the reality is you will build your offense around the guy who's running it, which is Luke Getze, and then you will get the quarterback you need to run that offense. Luke Getzee, too, to your point, not a lot of vertical stuff, but you don't need it to win. I'm not saying that he can't win as an offensive coordinator. Maybe maybe the situation was rough for him. We've defended Justin Fields to say, hey, don't give up on the guy yet. Let's see what he does in a different situation. Now, Getzee was the guy running that offense, but nonetheless, we'll see what happens with Getzee there. Also, you talked about how he developed Cole Komet, which is true, but if you look at the play um, uh, distribution, they didn't do a lot of tight end stuff, right? Cole Komet came along better. And so that concerns me a little bit with that. Um, but I do think with Michael Mayer there uh, that they will do that. I think that's something they're going to ha- have to do. But so to your point about your doubts there, I agree 100%. Second, and, and we'll leave it at this, the process, I think, is to me the biggest problem I had. Not who they hired per se, because again, I'm going to repeat them all year round until next January with the Raiders are either in the playoffs or not, which is resume on the grass. So, I will judge Antonio Pierce and all of these guys based on their record next year with no excuses, just what they do. So, but the process itself is what I hear from people, and I'm sure you do too, Mo, being based in New York, from national media who look and they say the Raiders raided, not because necessarily of their choices, but because the process. We're going to do this. No, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to hire a running backs coach before the offensive coordinator gets here. What if the offensive coordinator wants a running back coach? that he had in Chicago or he has somewhere else. So that to me to answer Mike's question is, is a little bit weird. The process to me is where I've always had the problem more so than just the people that they've hired.
3: Absolutely. And look at, I look at it this way. If, if the Raiders go out there and score at minimum 24 points a game, no one's caring about the process. All you care about (laughs) is that they made the right hires. Right. Right. But, but I, I will tell you if, if things go sideways, People right. are going to look back at the hiring process and say, "See, they should have brought in a variety of candidates."
0: Just Correct. And I, I, will say this: you can like people, you can like their style, you can like their personality, but if they don't perform, it's a perform. It's a meritocracy. So the fact that AP wears cool jackets, that he drives a cool car, that he's a cool guy, that he's a rah-rah guy, that he understands the Raider culture, that's all good. That's important. And I understand for fans, especially vital. I love that. I love that people feel good about that. But if he doesn't perform on the field, I'm not saying he won't, but if he doesn't, to your point, Mo, it doesn't matter what kind of shoes he's walking. I don't care if he's walking around in Nike Air Force. It doesn't matter. What matters is winning. The Raider way is winning, not just all the other stuff. The other stuff is great. It goes with it, the swagger, all that jazz. But you know what? Come September, swagger doesn't mean crap. What means crap is wins and, and execution on the field. So we'll see. And they're going to have every opportunity to do it. And for your sake as fans, for our sakes as people who have to cover the Raiders 24-7, uh, 12 months a year, I want them to do well too. I don't want them to do poorly. So we'll see how it all rolls out.
3: Scott, one thing I do want to say though. Yeah. Even with the the swag that AP has, I, I want to make it clear that he, he – I think people overlook the fact that he knows football. He's not yeah. classified as an X's and O's guy, but he's clearly a, a smart. Fo- he has a smart football mind. He's played yes. the game at a high level. He's won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He knows what it looks like. So mm-hmm. that's why I I say before we judge AP's hires and his coaching staff, please understand that he has a plan. We you know we may disagree with we parts don't know of it. his plan yeah. or or question you know the process of it, but let's not overlook that AP Antonio Pierce. Knows football pretty well, even though he's not classified as an X's and O's guy, because he wouldn't have took that Raider team, taken that Raider team from three and five to, to a five and four record on his watch, eight, nine, if he didn't know, you know, some of the nuts yeah. and bolts of the game and understand offense and defense.
0: Yeah. And, and again, I'm not saying it's not important. But this, this, the victory tour and the getting Raider Nation fired up, that's awesome. Like, you know, we saw John Gruden do that when he came back to, not to the same level that, that Antonio Pierce has done. It's a different feel. But um, that's all great. And, and Raider Nation needed that, like, as a fan base. I think they needed that. They needed the hope. They needed the the positive vibes coming from that. Um, but let me tell you, that's going to get you through the offseason. But, man, that draft comes... And we'll see what they do. Now that's Tom Telesco working with the coaching staff. But the 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 rubber hits the road after the combine. Okay. So, so feel good now. And hopefully he takes that energy and all of that knowledge, like you say, because he is a bright football mind, and he takes that and that transpires into a winning season. It's going to be a tough, tough, tough division, and it's going to be a tough conference with the AFC. Those teams, Baltimore, Houston, Buffalo, Miami, they're all going to get better. So it's a big task. Not saying he's not up to it. It's just going to be tough tasks. So there's going to be lots of ups and there's going to be downs. No season ever goes perfectly, right? So we'll get used to that. But Mike, thank you so much for the call. All right, we're going to get to a call. Now I'm going to play this one, Mo. It's a little bit older. It's like a week old because our good friend MDM, who's always in the live chat, and I'll we'll say aloha to him because he's in Hawaii. Um, left it, but it got stuck in the in the in the um, in the spam. So I'm going to play it. So a little bit of it's outdated, but I think his overall feeling. I just want to make sure he gets heard because he is an active participant in the Silver and Black today community, and I just want to get it. so so this part about the GM piece here obviously is old news and not accurate because we were going off Cliff Kingsbury, but um, but I want to give MDM the opportunity. So here's MDM.
6: Hey, aloha. mdm here. Um, just weighing in on <laughs> the coaching and GM hires. And, uh, first off, I think you have to, uh, differentiate between fans that have been fans for decades since they were young and maybe recent fans. Uh, cause quite frankly, uh, you know, I've seen this before. I- I'm not getting a great vibe on anything the Raiders are doing. It it doesn't matter if it's draft or coaching hires. It always seems like we try to outsmart everybody. And at the end, we kind of end up outsmarting ourselves. Now, the clear move, you know, would have been to hire Harbaugh and try to get Dodds. And then, you know, start building a foundation and of a team. And I know many of us, we don't want to see the team broken up. We like some of the players on the team. So we hired AP, you know, to appease the players. And you know what? God bless AP. I hope he does well. We're all rooting for him. I'm a Raider fan. I'm rooting for him. Um, That said, doesn't mean I have to agree with the move. Uh, You know, you have a franchise that's, you know, one of the most known franchises in sports. We're playing in, in Vegas. We're becoming a big money team. Yet we just get a coach that's unproven. This coach like never really been a professional coach before as far as being a head coach. Maybe he coached at Poly. We know he coached at ASU as a defensive coordinator. But, uh, you know, just not getting great feelings. And then we get to Lesko, we're talking about, hey, let's hire a general manager first. And then what do we do? We hire the coach first, then the general manager. It's like we can't get out of our own way. I'm just telling you right now, everyone knows I called Stroud, trade up for Stroud last year, we didn't. Of course, we bungled that again with some stupid picks. Uh, but I'm just not getting a good feeling about this. Mm. And then now with the Chargers doing things right, hiring, uh, you know, probably hiring Hobbaugh, who knows, maybe Dodd. Uh, we'll see how this all plays out. But a lot of Raider fans and screaming for AP and this and that, thinking they know everything. They're so smart. We'll see how this all plays out. But I'm just giving my two cents right now. I'm not getting a good feeling about how this is going to go. Thank you.
0: So there you go. MDM. Good call. Um, from the perspective of, again, like he's, he, he's got some feelings there about the fan base and all that. I'm not going to tell people how to feel as a fan. And I don't think that you should dismiss MDM's opinion and how he feels. Cause I, I hear a lot of fans and I don't think they're being overly negative. Cause I don't think that was an overly negative call. He's just kind of going with, he's been a long time fan, how he feels about it, Mo. And he got, he talked about what we talked about with the last question, which is the process. And that's the only problem I've had, right? And like you said, he wants the coaching staff to do well because he's a Raiders fan. He doesn't want them to do poorly. Um, but, but, but some interesting points there from MDM.
3: Now, while we thought AP would be a good option if the Raiders didn't hire Harbaugh, now to speak about the MDM's, uh call again, I want to make this clear. This is my opinion. I just Correct. don't think Harbaugh was that interested in the Raiders job, and I made this. Clearly. I made this point on on the X. Would you go to a team that has their established starting quarterback and Justin Herbert, who was Offensive Rookie of the Year and threw for 5,000 yards in the season, and that team has the number five overall pick? Or would you go to a team that's picking 13th and doesn't have their starting quarterback or has a big question mark at the quarterback position? Just take your Raider glasses off for a minute and think of it as a candidate interviewing for a job. Which job is more attractive to you? And I think Harbaugh chose a more attractive job. So I don't think the Raiders... Had a had a great shot at getting Harbaugh over over the Chargers. I wanted to yeah. make that point. The other thing is, I understand what NBM says also about fans who've kind of seen this before, <laughs> this situation before with the Raiders, and new fans coming along who may have ha- have not known about the the uh, the uh, bugle situation. I think my guy over at at Silver and Black today does a great job of. Um, Talking about some of the past Raider regimes And he talked about, I believe it was Mark Bugle Being a, a players coach And then he was promoted from offensive coordinator To head coach, and it didn't work out well And he was out within a year I'm not saying AP is going to be that no, But I think Raider fans who have been Around for a while, remember yes. that Regime, remember that coaching Correct. staff Remember that promotion to go oh, We've seen this before, inexperienced head coach Coming in, you know every you know People like him, now this is a bit different Because Bugle was an offensive uh, coordinator, AP, isn't an offensive uh, coach. Mm-hmm. He's, he has a defensive background. But Raider fans have seen reiterations of this where you get the coach that everyone likes, it flops, and then now what? Now, you, of course, we're hoping for the best. As NDM as said, he's hoping that AP succeeds. And I'm sure if you're a Raider fan, you're hoping that Antonio Pierce succeeds. But yeah. you've seen the Raiders make some, these out of the box moves, and it, and they haven't worked out in recent years. I just want to say that the track record isn't good, so I can understand why NDM and other Raider fans would be skeptical. What I will also say, though, is, and I said this in the the earlier segment, the quarterback position is the missing piece to this puzzle. Based on what the Raiders do at the quarterback position, it's going to have a dramatic effect on how good or how poorly they're going to look in the next few years.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you, MDM, for your call. And we're running out of time here. I'm going to get one more email in. And if I didn't get to your calls, I apologize. Uh, But we will get to them. Keep leaving them, first of all. We certainly appreciate it. But uh, this is from Gary Harkin Reader. We haven't heard from him in a couple of weeks, uh, but I wanted to get to this. He said, I listened to AP again at his introduction. Two things stood out. One, he always seems to know how to respond, what to say. There's never any ums, you know, reference to Josh McDaniels. Mm. In his talk, he said he wants the Raiders to have ill ill, ill intent. This made me think of Al Davis who said, I'd rather be feared than respected. If Telesco and AP are on the same page, I don't think Mark Davis will inhibit Telesco from spending and investing money. No, you're busy. Thanks for reading. Take care, Scott and Mo. That's Gary. So uh, I get what you're saying there. I think, yes, and and that was my point. You'll never have an issue of understanding how Antonio Pierce feels. And I think right now at this stage... He's saying all the right things. I will say this, okay? And I don't want people to take this the wrong way. So get ready, Mo. Is nostalgia and history are important. I am a history buff, okay? I devour history, I love it. I read history, just fall in love with it since I was a kid. But his references to the old Raider way, I think are good as if it's establishing a culture from here out, which it seems like he did over the the course of the nine games he coached the team. But don't get caught up in all of that. It has to be also the Raider way, as you know it and love it, but modified for the modern NFL game and what you can do, okay? You can't be Lester Hayes and hit people like you used to, as much as Lester was a great player to watch and fun and and all that stuff. You can't do that anymore. So it's a different game. So the ill intent, all that's football. It's a violent game, of course. So I love it. He's, He's building a language, a nomenclature around the culture, which is great. But now you got to take it forward. So so think about that. And 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 as Al Davis said, everybody likes to quote Al Davis. Um, you know, the future is what's bright about the Raiders. It's the future that they are building for. And so that's what you got to be focused on. Don't be focused on the past, be focused on what they're gonna do moving into the future. And I think people will be okay and we'll see how the results net out.
3: Absolutely. And I just wanna say quick question of quick correction of myself. Joe Bugle, who was Joe Bugel. Did you call him? I said Mark because I had Mark Davis oh, on the mind. God. Joe Bugle, who was the Raiders coach in 1997, and my guy Ray over yeah. at Silver Black today uh, makes a lot of good points of the connection between or the similarities between Bugle yeah. and AP. But to get to the to the last, uh, to get to Harkin Reader, look, as I said, if you're if you're a Raider fan, you're looking at it as, and, and I get your point, Scott, about history and, and riling up the fans in the off season. It's the offseason. No games are being played. No, Raider fans want to believe that AP is going to be successful. So you're going to hear all of the, all the great stuff. And he, he, you know, he penned a piece at the players tribune and talked about basically going back to the Raider way. And he talked about, you know, Bo Jackson running over uh, Brian Bosworth in in that game against the Seattle Seahawks and running into the tunnel. And he talks about all those fun and feel good memories and that's all great. And Raider fans can get behind that. Um, I was a little young to remember that game, you know, but I will say that he's hitting all the right notes right now. Correct. But the biggest 100%. note, the biggest, the biggest note that he has to hit, and this is not all on him. We talked about it, the draft or free agency, whether the Raiders go for a veteran quarterback at free agency and/or pick one up in the draft. That's the note that he has to hit. Correct. If he if he hits one out of the park in and, and one of those, you know, free agency or the draft, then I think a lot more skeptical Raider fans like MDM who called in. We'll get on board and say, okay, I like the decision that he made at quarterback. We have something because there are a lot of Raider fans out there that feel the Raiders are a quarterback away from getting to the Super Bowl. I say the Raiders are a quarterback away from getting to the playoffs because we've, we've seen what a quarterback can do for a team that has some talent on the roster. CJ yeah. so Stroud in Houston is the prime example. So yep. I think if, if again, if the Raiders hit hit it out of the park with the quarterback position, you will start to get more skeptical fans who who look at AP and go, "Well, it sounds good now, but how's it going to look on the field?" You'll get those fans on board to say, "Okay, I think AP can get it done."
0: Absolutely, resume on the grass. I love it. I mean, that's <laughs> he's getting the opportunity, and they'll make the most out of it. But you're right. I think that the next few months, we get past the combine, we get to the draft, we'll see what the Raiders are going to do. Uh, there, but uh, thank you guys for all your contributions to the Raider Nation mailbag. If we didn't get to you, we'll get to you next week. Keep calling in 702 900 7869. That's 702 900 7869. It's down below in the description. If you're watching us on one of the channels, there you'll see the description. There, Uh, also, it's in the podcast description. So, if you want to get in the call for next week, what I would do actually, we're off next week. That's what I have to make a note, by the way, after Super Bowl. Mo's got to work a Super Bowl. He's the big shot lead article for Bleacher Report for the Super Bowl. He's going to be wiped. I'm going to be wiped. So we're going to take, unless there's breaking news, if something happens with the Raiders, that's a big deal. Mo and I will climb on and do an episode. But it's it's the maybe one out of two, three weeks a year where we're not going to do a show. That's it. Otherwise, we're doing shows. So uh, we will be off next week. But make sure you check out Bleacher Report Live. Mo, do you have one coming up?
3: I don't have a Bleacher Report live coming up like you and like us here unless there's big breaking news. I I will be going live, of course, as you said earlier in the show, pull up the app and you'll know as soon as I go live, it'll hit your app and it'll show up as a notification. But other than that, I will have Sports Not Pieces coming up every week still. Just won't be going live on Bleacher Report.
0: Yes, as will I. And you can check that all out on Sports Also follow Mo, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me, LV Gully. Those are both on X.com. We appreciate, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your audio, also here on YouTube. Hit the subscribe, hit the notifications bell and hit that thumbs up. We appreciate you guys being here. Mo, have a good week off from the show and uh, enjoy the Super Bowl, man. We're looking forward to reading your story afterwards.
3: Appreciate you, Scott. Of course, we'll be in contact. We won't won't be (laughs) live here, but of course, you know, we'll be going back and forth about what we see in the Super Bowl and the big game.
0: We will, and and we might even drop some videos. So so if you don't follow us on TikTok or Instagram, uh, or on X.com, do so there. Silver and Black today, and you'll you'll get some content there. But guys, thank you so much for being with us. A shout out to our producers at uh, Odyssey, including Mike Robier, and from and I'm Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black today. We'll talk to you in about a week and a half. Take care, everybody.